It is time for another edition of the Two Bums and a Mike Sports Podcast. As always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Anchor app, and everywhere that you get your podcasts. Follow us on our socials, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, all at Two Bums and a Mike. I am your host, Mike Marsden, and I am joined today by one of my lifelong friends, Christian Landreth. Christian, my man. How we doing this fine morning? Living the dream, baby. Living the living the dream. I should have caught it. I, I should just I just, just speak for you at this time. <laughs> yeah, no, you don't even need me anymore. No, <laughs> no, I of course I need you. I need you and Kevin all the time. Kevin is not here. He is actually in class right now. For uh, you know what? Well, we'll leave it at that. We'll let you guys yeah, figure well, yeah, out. We'll, we'll, let that we'll let you guys like post down. Like, uh, what do you think Kev's in 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 class for right now? <laughs> um, but anyway, bang bang boom boom. Yeah. Uh, bang. No. <laughs> so, it, 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 last week you did an episode by yourself, Christian, talking about yes, punch man. Up I to did. that point, um, how was that? You know, you, you. This is the second time you've done an episode by yourself. But like, how how is it doing episodes by yourself? Crane versus, yeah, I, I see right here. Crane versus San Diego State and Miami versus Texas. Yeah, um, <laughs> March Madness has literally been that madness. There, ha- there yeah. was for the first time in a long time in this Elite Eight, there is no number one seat in this Correct. Elite Eight. That's nuts. My guys, Princeton didn't make it, but I uh-huh. digress. We love you, Princeton. We do. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Dude, should I should I mention Xavier? That was uncalled for. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. Don't talk about my 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 Princeton boys. All right, <laughs> anyway. your Princeton boys. <laughs> I I I th- listen, listen, listen. We love you, Princeton. We do. That's all I gotta no, say. No, all right. That's all I gotta say. That's all I have to say. That's all I gotta say. So that's been going on. The World Baseball Classic has been going on. That officially concluded. And holy cow, what a freaking finals game. The championship game, rather, that was between the USA and Japan, dude. That was... Baseball could not have scripted that better. Because Shohei Otani is closing out the game with two outs. And here comes Mike Trout. Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. That was the, like, I literally, like, it was one of those moments where I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is history. Like, you you think, you think, uh, like, it's just like, it's one of those moments of like, this is the true, like, last, like, the last generations, like, last 10 years, like, greatest baseball player. And here comes the new guy that is taking over that spot as the number one guy. It's the two, two bulls going at it. And I loved every second of it. Did you watch that at all? No, I, 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 the only game I watched was the game that you, uh, that we watched when we were over at your place that one time a couple weeks ago. Uh, dude, I watched all of USA's games, man. I, I loved watching that World Baseball Classic, and, and, and in his confirmed that 2026 there will be another one. I don't know why there was a chance that there wouldn't be. I mean, my goodness. Well, I'm just, I'm just stating. But yeah, well, no, I know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> yeah I, that baseball classic was phenomenal, and I don't want to get into too much of it. But like the people that are like, it's just an exhibition, doesn't mean nothing. Just shut up. 
just shut up and enjoy the game. Alright. So anyway, today, in the spirit of the month of March, which is March Madness, we have put together our own little bracket that we're going to go through today. We're going to go through one by one. We're going to decide a winner and we're going to move on. And eventually we're going to come down to, at least on this list, the best moment, and this is the list, the top moments of Chicago sports history, all collectively. I have made a list of a top 16 bracket. Christian, you don't know what this bracket is, so I'm going to be very eager to hear your reactions to these (laughs) seedings. (laughs) But... So we have our top 16 bracket of top sports moments in Chicago history. So I want to ask you this. You can you can decide this, Christian. Do you want to start with the number one and 16 bra- uh, seed or start from eight and nine seed and work in those orders? What do you want to start uh, with? Let's start. Let's start backwards. Let's go from the... Eight and nine? Eight and nine, and then work our way up. Okay. All right. So, straight into it. Right now, we have our eight and nine seed matchup. The number nine seed is Patrick Kane's overtime goal to win the first Hawks Stanley Cup in a long time in 2010. That's the number nine seed. That's a nine seed? That's a nine seed. Number eight, the eight seed. Mark Burley's perfect game in 2009. Oh, you cannot do this to me. Oh, I'm oh, doing it. Oh, my this. God. I'm, Mark okay, Burley's perfect. The, the fact that Patrick Kane's overtime goal is a nine seed, I want to know what the seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one are because that is literally one of the greatest Chicago sports moments that's ever happened. Well, in, okay, so... The higher seeds as like the six, seven, five, and so on. I think you're gonna have some understanding. I think the only one you're gonna be upset with me by would be the seventh seed that would we'll do next. But I think the six through five, you're gonna be like, okay, yeah, I understand. But All right. so, uh, so, but so, you you've hit per- me, you hit me square in the nuts. That's yep. One. Uh, yeah, I know. I do. As soon as I made this, like I made it, then I looked, I double checked, and I'm like. Oh, he's not gonna like that. <laughs> he's, but, but th- this is the, this is what makes for good, a good bracket. Mark Burley's perfect game, Kane's overtime goal to win the Stanley Cup in 2010. Oh my God! If you think about it, you know Mark Burley's perfect game. Like you, I remember Mark Burley's perfect game. Like that game, I remember. I was coming back from your lake house. <laughs> I remember. No, this is this is the day. I remember it. It was July 23rd. 2009 I came back from your lake house your parents like drove me home we came back to my home where my mom like where I was living with my mom you guys went home and I turned on the Sox game and I remember this so clearly because I'm watching this in our living room and next to me was our kitchen and our floor was getting completely redone it was getting remodeled and they were working on it but I was watching the game I tuned in it was like the second or third inning I tuned in like the game had already started I remember, here's a name for you, Josh Fields. He hits a grand slam to make it 6 nothing, And it was like, oh, wow, this game's really good right now. And then after a while, I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Is this what's happening? And it's going, going, going. And, he, and Hawk Harrelson, legend himself, is on the call. And 
that he he Mark Burley finishes the eighth inning still with the perfect game intact in the famous lines. Yeah. Call your daughters, call your children, call your brother, the, whatever. Whatever he said, like all of that. Mark Burley is a perfect game going into the night. And I did that. I called you and I said, dude, Mark Burley is a perfect game going on. Right now. I called you and I called my dad. And I said, Mark Burley is a perfect game going on right now. Because at this point, I'm 11 years old. And I just had my first phone. And I called you and I called my dad. And I'm like, Mark Burley is a perfect game going on. And we watched it. And that whole time, I'm like on the edge of the couch watching it. And then you have to mention Dwayne Wise's phenomenal home run robbing catch. Instead of... He made the catch! Yep. Yep. And then it's just this next batter, the weak ground ball, the shortstop to Alexi Ramirez. Alexei. And that and that's it. That's the yeah. perfect game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's just in at least in White Sox history, it's one of the most memorable moments in the last 25 years. And at least. But it's definitely in a moment. And like I that's why I put it at the eight seed. These two these two like it was so hard to decide between the two so that was number eight and then the number nine seed is Patrick Kane's overtime goal now in this one you remember what what happened with that goal Christian well uh, first of all I was at Roundhead <laughs> um, we were watching it we were standing in the doorway because it was so packed that we couldn't get a table mm-hmm. um, and we're watching it, and Kane. I mean, it, he, he he. It was it was just so weird, because nobody knew what was going on. Yeah. Except for except for Patrick Kane, uh, but he uh, he got the puck, and he kind of he did a little shimmy, little shoulder shimmy, got around uh, the defender on him, and then he goes towards the net at a very weird angle, and he shoots the puck, and everybody crowd <laughs> all other players on the ice except for Kane uh, the fans the announcers uh, they were all like where's the puck what, what uh, you know what, what happened and they're like uh, and Patrick Kane's throwing his gear off going nuts and they're like uh, and it's just like no, nobody knew what was going on it was like this there for for about like five minutes. There was just <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. Like more like like five ten seconds, not like five minutes. But yeah. Well, well, it was just it was no because they it was it was you know there was like a the first celebration and then like everybody was like did it did it go in is there is it over like because it would be kind of you know embarrassing if they had to uh, you know didn't go in and they had to strap everything back on and keep playing yeah uh, but there was like a couple minutes where the refs were reviewing it and it, and it was just like and then it was just like it's a good goal the puck is in the net and then it was just like ah! and it was it was it was <laughs> it was a surreal feeling because uh, uh the uh, blackhawks had just won their first stanley cup in a very long time. Well, I think uh, it was like six, four six, years, 40 40 years? 40 
years. Almost 50, years, something like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. Like, in a long time. In a very long time. And my dad can testify to that. Like, you know, he grew up in that time in the 70s and 80s where the Hawks were just garbage. Terrible. Like, all this. He, he'll tell you everything. Because he's a diehard Blackhawks and hockey fan to the core. But I remember that <clears throat> in the same thing. I wasn't with you, but I was at home. And I remember I was watching this on my couch in the living room again where I watched Burley's Perfect Game. And it was me. It was my brother, Max. I want to say my at least two of my sisters. I want to say it was Emery and Sarah that were with me. I, don't hold me to that. But like majority of my siblings were there with me because it was you know, all the Blackhawks. And I remember my my, neighbor, my next door neighbors came over because like, oh, the, I had it on. And we were all kind of watching it. And it happens. He shoots. And everyone else is like, What's going on? And it literally wasn't until, because he wrapped all the way around the goal to then come to center ice. And it wasn't until he got to center ice that we realized, oh my God, he scored. You know, <laughs> then we started freaking out. It was a good like 10 seconds. Like, what's going, wait, did it go, wait, what? Oh crap. You know? <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I it was, it, again, it's, it kept, it started off a great run for the Chicago Blackhawks. In sports moments, it's definitely one to remember, and I'm glad, I'm fortunate to be able to uh, see it live as it happened on TV. That whole run, like I watched, like almost every single game. That uh, it was just, it was fun. I never, really, I, that was, the, that's how I really got into hockey was that first cup run, and especially that how it ended, and it helped that the Hawks were really good. <laughs> so yeah, he on those two. Who's moving on? Uh, it's got to be Kane's overtime goal. You're picking Kane's overtime goal over Mark Burley's perfect game? Are you sure? Yeah, in moments, in, in full retrospect, when you look at it from a from 10,000 feet, I feel like that was a bigger moment because that started literally a decade of dominance for the Blackhawks. So... I have to give the edge to Kane because it was just it it, 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 he's just him. So he's <laughs> just him. Oh my god! The amount of times I hear that phrase nowadays is insane. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm I'm with you. Kane's overtime goal. The number nine seed beats out the eight seed. Mark Burley's perfect game so we'll move on to the seventh and ten seed so number 10 seed is the blackhawks dynasty as a collective the 20 basically 2010 through 2016 i put down maybe 2017 you can argue but blackhawks dynasty 2010 through 2016 okay that's number 10 seed going up against the number seventh seed is Babe Ruth's called shot at Wrigley Field in the 1932 World Series. Now, as I mentioned before, you were talking about what? this seeding about Kane and Burley's thing in the 8th and ninth seed. The number 7 seed, I feel like, is the only one you could argue with me about it. But I felt like it was a true, like, history-making moment in baseball and in sports history because like 
if you think of like some of the biggest moments in all of sports history, you think of Babe Ruth's called shot, the history and the myth of it and all that. So I felt like it was worthy of a seventh seed with the Blackhawks dynasty as a whole as a tenth seed. Got it. Um, I mean, okay. Uh, holy cow. Uh, because Babe Ruth's call shot was at Wrigley Field. That's why I put it on here. It, it was at Wrigley Field against yeah, the Cubs in the 1932 like, World like, Series. Like, it's not just Babe because Ruth. it's the moment. It's because it happened at Wrigley Field against the Cubs in the 1932 World Series. Wow, I did not know that the Cubs made the World Series in 1932. Yes, they did. They did. Well, I mean, I'm always shocked when they, if they, when and if they made the World Series because <laughs> that, that franchise is uttered in... Uh, poverty uh i mean we can't say much more about the white Sox. <laughs> you can't really talk i mean we can't really no talk. but I-, I will yeah fair because uh, they're our cross town rivals so so what do you think so as the, oh my God, as the blackhawks it's... dynasty as 20 2010 through 2016 as a 10th seed what are your thoughts on that Talk, talk to every, talk to everybody about the the Blackhawks dynasty okay. as a whole so collective. The Blackhawks dynasty it started well before the whole thing got you know started well before we won the cup in 2010. But you know because we had to you know you know put together the team. But uh, 2009 we made the Western Conference Final with the youngest team in the league. It had Kane and Taves on it. it had Keith Seabrook. Granted, all of them are young, very young. Uh, we made the Western Conference Final, and then the year after that, uh, they put together. They got some guys that had a little more experience. We just talked about 2010; that happened, and then we made the playoffs in 2011 and 2012, but we didn't go far really in either of them. And then in 2013 was the lockout year, which was shortened. Uh, But we ended up uh, winning the President's Trophy, being the best team during the regular season. Uh, And then we, uh, 2000, it's still to this day crowned 17 seconds because in game six, we're down two, two to one? I think two to one with, yeah, it was 17 seconds. A little over time. a minute left in the third yeah. period. And it's looking like it's going to a Game 7 back here in Chicago. But then the, the Hawks score two goals in 17 seconds mm-hmm. and end up winning the Cup. And that was uh, in Boston. And in 2014, we made the Western Conference Final and lost to the Kings in Game 7. Yep, I remember that. We should have won that game. I mean, oh, what an unlucky bounce. I mean, we were up like three or four to one in the game, and I I will forever hate the Kings. They are also a poverty franchise. So that happened, and then in 2015, uh, it was another great year. Uh, we made it to the Stanley Cup Final, and we beat the Tampa Bay Lightning in six games. Um here in Chicago, which was special because the first two we won away from home, and then in 2015 we finally won it at home. So that was very special. 
and then the rest is history after 2015. Yeah. And now we, we are we are we are full tanking rebuild right now. Yeah, we don't we don't need to get into everything that happened afterwards, but I that's. Like to make <laughs> but the, real quickly, that 2013 game that you talked about oh with the two, the two goals in 17 seconds. <laughs> you, me, Kevin, our friend Declan. And your dad will all add roundheads. And, and your mom will all add roundheads as you were in 2010. That restaurant is no longer there. It, it closed down and now a new restaurant is there. So it doesn't Roadhouse. exist anymore. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, I think that was called Roadhouse. Yeah. Yeah. But we were there. All of us were there for that. Here comes Kevin in Bears gear. Bears gear. <laughs> Kev, you do know that this is for hockey, Blackhawks, right? Oh, yeah, I know. Why are you in Bears gear? Because I felt like it. Come on. Okay. So, so that's Kevin in a nutshell, honestly. Yeah. He just he just wears what he wants, and you just kind of just let him like, let him do his thing. You deal with it. But I remember because we we were there, and we were thinking, like, oh, they're, they're going to win it. They're going to win it. It's game six. They're going to win it. You know? We're all there. Here comes... This dad must have been in his late 30s, if not early 40s, with his, with his son that must have been 10 years, no older, no, no older than 10 years old, the biggest mistake. fully decked out in Bruins gear. They come in and the whole place, boo, like <laughs> just all of it. And that the dad's so like, stupid. yeah, come on, bring it on. I know, come on. We're in enemy territory. Screw all you guys. And the kids was like, dad, what's going on? Shut up. Like, <laughs> like he, he was getting fully into it. The kid was scared out of his mind, but the dad was totally into it. He knew what he was walking into. He knew exactly what they were doing. I hope they, he did. They knew exactly what they were doing. I thought that was awesome. But then those two goals, man. Oh my God. That was the craziest secret events. First, they score the first time. You're like, yeah, yes. Yes. And we'll just recoup. We're recuperating. We not recuperate. No. Literally 17 seconds. It was just like, yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> it just happened so quickly. We had no time to recover. We're like, yes. And it just slowly calmed down just a little bit. And it just went all the way back up again, the energy level. It was so <laughs> nuts. And to finish it off with this is that. Um, at the end of it, when they won the Hawks, somebody had brought in basically a full-size, like aluminum foil cover of the Stanley Cup. Oh, it was like a it replica was, of it. Yeah. It was a yeah, like totally covered in like tin foil and everything like that, aluminum foil, whatever you want to call it, and it was just passing on, and everybody was you know kissing it and throwing it up and down like they would the, the actual Stanley Cup. And I, you know, I remember grabbing it and like, yeah, and everybody's looking at me and I'm cheering when I pass it around, you know? <laughs> that was yeah. pretty cool. That, I, will, I will share a story. Uh, it was, I can't remember what it was. I think it was it was at, when they won and we're all going nuts. And, uh, you know, the, we, you know we, had, we had drink water and stuff like glasses at the table. And uh, I think like I knocked over a glass and it fell on the ground and it broke. And here's me as a kid, and I turn around at my mom like, "Oh crap, she's gonna kill me." Yeah. And she just she looks at me, smiles, and shrugs, and I was just like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, "Oh, that's funny." So, moving on to the, to the seventh seat in that same game is Bayview's called shot against the Cubs at Wrigley Field in the 1932 World Series. 
and you and I being lifelong baseball addicts, this is one of, if not the most noteworthy moment in baseball history, arguably. Would you concur? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's big. Uh, you know, everybody knows, you know, Babe Ruth, you know, calling a shot and then subsequently hitting a home run to where he said he was going to. I mean, that's, but I mean, that's, you know, everybody who knows baseball and loves baseball knows about that moment. So, and the conspiracy of like, did it actually happen? Because, you know, there's no real footage of it, really. Like, there, there's, there is a, a small, like, 10 second video of it out there of him looking like it, but it's at a really bad viewpoint. And obviously, it's in black and white and it's not clear. And, you know, you don't really know. You know, the catcher. Whatever I forget his name off the top of my head, but the catcher that was you know back there when that was all happening stated no he didn't do that because during that game the Cubs were just absolutely heckling the hell out of Babe the Hogan to try to mess him up to like have him you know flutter you know like try to mess him like just mess up everything for him you know trying to get in yeah. his head and the story he the catcher states is that no no he wasn't calling a shot like pointing the center field like I'm gonna hit it right there he was pointing at the dugout the Cubs dugout on the, the third base side just you know talking back to them retaliating against them just you know talking crap to them and then it just so happens he hits a home run that's what he claims but you know Babe Ruth went on record saying no I said you know I, I'm pointed right to that center field flagpole and like I'm gonna hit it right there and then boom he hits it and the story grew and that's what you know made baseball relevant was Babe Ruth. That's what that's how baseball got on the map was Babe Ruth. And in this moment carried it over for the next few decades after that. Yeah. It's a huge, huge moment in the sport specifically because without Babe Ruth, I don't know. I realistically don't know if baseball would be here today if it wasn't for Babe Ruth. And that, and I'm not just saying that just to say that. Like generally, I don't know if Babe Ruth if there was no Babe Ruth, that there would be any baseball here today. Huh. Like, like, think about it, though. When Babe Ruth started, you know, Babe, like, baseball was a very slow, very, like, like, very low-run game. There wasn't much excitement. It was a whole bunch of, like, bunting and moving guys over and maybe a casual double and, like, all that. And here comes Babe Ruth, just home run, home run, home run. Like, teams literally had to modify their stadiums. So that they wouldn't, Babe Ruth would have a hard time hitting against them, but that didn't work. Yankee Stadium literally made a Yankee, the New York Yankees literally made a stadium because he drew so much people. So they had to make the biggest state of the stadium at the time. Like he revolutionized the game itself and put it on the map. And with that called shot, it just made, now it just made him a legend. Well, it's the aura of Babe Ruth. It is. He was getting remembered by legends never die. And that's what made him a legend. Yeah. So, with all of that, Blackhawks Dynasty number 10, Babe Ruth's call shot at 7. What are you Man. taking? Oh, God. I hate that I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> I have a big bias. Um, like, in overall, if it was sports, I would think I would say... But it's Chicago. It is Chicago, but 
it's one of the it's one of the biggest moments in baseball history, and it happened in Chicago against the Cubs. So it is Chicago moments in history. You know, I'm gonna have to go Blackhawks again. Mm. So that's what you and I differ. I got Babe Ruth. So I, I just a- think I just think it, the Blackhawks dynasty was a bigger Chicago sports moment. No, that's fair. That's very fair. Babe Ruth pointing a shot because like he didn't play for the Cubs or in Chicago. It just happened to happen in Chicago back in the what 30s 1932 I'm gonna go odds you're going odds that means Babe Ruth's called shot is evens I have it set from 0 to 10 randomize it is 4 god dang it that means Babe Ruth's called shot is moving on to the elite 8 moving on to the 11th and 6th seed matchup. The 11th seed, we have Kerry Woods, 20 strikeout game in 1998. I don't think you're on board. <laughs> and the 6th seed is the 1985 Super Bowl winning Chicago Bears as oh. a 6th seed. Christian, take oh. it away. Your first thoughts here in this well, matchup. First thoughts is there's an obvious answer. It's got to be the Bears. The Bears. <laughs> I mean, if my if, was... if my if my dad was on here, he would kick my butt. The '85 Bears as a six. <laughs> That's what it would be, a hundred percent. Jokingly, of course, he would never do that. But as a joke, he like. What, like, you're an idiot. I know, I know. But again, these the next few, you'll see what I have ahead of it. But yeah, so the six seed, 85 Super Bowl winning Chicago Bears, and the 11 seed, Kerry Woods 20 strikeout game in 1998. Yeah, I think for the city and for Chicago, I mean, that is our, that is our baby right there that Bears fans have had to hold, like, just hold on to. <laughs> that that's all they have for the Bears. That's all they have. Um, so, but I mean, that was like a it was like a it was a dominant team. Uh, you know, it, they pretty much blew out everybody they played, mm-hmm. and just you know, it, it it's got to move on. But when you think about Kerry Woods' twenty strikeout game and the importance of it, it was like it it was a moment in Chicago history that will that has still lived on to this day and will probably and will live on for a long time. Because if you think about it, Kerry Wood was twenty years old at the time, just made his debut not that long before that, and here he comes as like unproven guy, and it's just strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. I just kept going, kept going as the game went on and people listening to it on the radio by like the fifth inning. You know, it was just a random summer game that not a lot of people went to at that time. And as the game went on, more people started to show up. And then more people started to show up. And then the stadium was full at one point because they kept hearing, like, he's he, like he's just killing it. And to finish it off with 20 strikeouts, I believe only four pitchers have ever done that in history. I've had a 20 strikeout game. That That's... 
That's I nuts. Think think of, I want to say it was four. I'll look it up real quick, but maybe I'm wrong. But because I, I think it's I think it's Carrie Wood and Max Scherzer are the only two to ever do that. Nobody's gotten more more than that though. The, okay, but so what what are your thoughts then? Compare like comparing the 1985 Bears to Carrie Wood's 20k game. I mean, again. Uh, it's hard for me to be partial because I, I love the Bears and I hate the Cubs. Um, I just I just think for the again for the uh, the city of Chicago because you know it's the Bears and you know we haven't had a lot to you know cheer for in our very long storied history. Mm-hmm. I just think that that was just you know. It was something out of a movie, pretty much. That whole 85 team, you know, and then the Super Bowl shuffle and all of the uh, all the personalities on the team, like Jim McMahon, you know, and you had the Fridge and, uh, you know, Mike Singletary, all, all those dogs on that team. And it just... It brought the it brought the Lombardi to Chicago, and uh, it, it hasn't gotten back since. So not even close. Well, uh, yeah, I know. I, I I lie. You know, they went to the Super Bowl in 07. 06. Or 07. Yeah, the 06, 07 season. But to go back on Kerry Wood, so there was four players that have done oh, many strikeout four, games. Okay. Roger Clemens, Randy uh, Randy Johnson, Max Scherzer, and Kerry Wood. Roger Clemens did it twice, April 29th, nineteen eighty six. It's September 18th, 1996. Kerry Wood did it against the Astros, May 6th, 1998. Um, Randy Johnson uh, with the D-backs versus the Reds, May 8th, 2001. And then Max Scherzer with the Nationals against the Tigers, May 11th, 20, 2016. And there have been a few others that have gone to 19, just shy of it. But yeah, those are the four players. It's happened five times total with four different players. Gotcha. So that's that's the significance of that. But at the end of the day, I do agree with you. The 1985 Bears is just a 85. powerhouse. That's what I said. Did I say something different? You said 95. My bad. My 1985 <laughs> Bears is just too much to overcome. I agree with you. The 1985 Bears will move on to the elite eight of this bracket. Moving on, we have a 12 and five seed. The number 12 seed is Loyola Chicago. Moving on to oh, the final the four. Ramblers. Moving on to the final four of the March Madness tournament in 2018 wow. as a 12 seed. Against the number five seed, Michael Jordan's flu game in the 1997 oh, oh, oh. NBA Finals. Oh well, that's a rap, son. Uh, <laughs> now hold on, hold on. Let's talk about it for a sec. Why? Why is it a rap? It's, it's the flu game. I mean, but it's also it's the flu fun. game, and it's Michael Jordan in the city of Chicago. But you also have to counter that with it's Loyola Chicago that nobody ever thought would do anything of significance in that aspect. Got to the final four of the March Madness. Do you realize how hard it is to get to the the final four in the March Madness March Madness tournament? No, let I alone have no clue. let alone win it. I absolutely have no idea, Michael. Uh, it's 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 ridiculously hard. <laughs> so like, don't don't completely just shut them to the side. At least give them the well, flowers I mean, it was, a little. It was man. impressive. I mean, it was awesome. 
but again, it's the GOAT in the city of Chicago, the flu game. And that's some that's something that people are are gonna talk about when when me and you are long gone. I mean, it's just it's Michael Jordan and that that's all I gotta say. It is like if for Michael Jordan's flu game though, like, you know, it, it's exactly what it sounds like. Michael Jordan went into that game with literally a flu. He had like a well, hundred. It, it's actually it, it was probably food poisoning, but they just called it the flu game. Probably, but the flu game, you know, again is better. But like he right. he he was puking his guts out. He had a high fever. Like he could not play at all. But then it went in there and just absolutely dominated. But like, yeah. but for the Loyola game, like, what do you remember about that Loyola run? in that 2018 season? Uh, I mean, I I wasn't really paying attention to it at first because uh, I believe that year, that was the same, I don't know if it was the same year or it was a different year, but Xavier might have been a, I think it was the year that they were a one seed. And I was in Nashville with the pep band uh, because that's where our first, our first and second round games were. And I really wasn't paying attention to it. Paying attention to it, but Xavier ended up losing in the second round. And then it was kind of just like the the Ramblers. They kept winning, and it was just like, all right, uh, the Cinderella team. When is it going to end? And they kept winning, and they kept winning. And then they got to the Elite Eight, and like, well, you know, obviously, you know, it's going to have to come. You know, they're not making the Final Four. You know, this is, a, this is a school nobody's ever heard. I never heard of the school before this. And yet here and, they are. And then they win that game. They're going to the final floor. And everybody's like, what the beep is going on? And, you know, it was kind of like the city kind of came, you know, got behind them and was, what, it was what's, really fun and really cool. What's so, her name? Uh, sister Sister Jean is that her name? Sister Jean. Yeah. Sister Jean. Yeah, like the hundred year old <laughs> nun at this Catholic Division One school, college, university, rather, and she goes to every single game, followed them everywhere that they went, and went to every single game. Like literally, like a hundred years old. Is she still around? Do you know? Yeah. She's still around. Oh yeah. She's, How old is she? she she's got to be like a hundred and two. Look, look that up real quick, because I have the I because when you think going back to Jordan's flu game, you th- like you think of this Jordan game like oh yeah he played with a flu big deal, the 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 Bulls won the game ninety to eighty eight, with Jordan scoring thirty eight points, seven rebounds, five assists, three steals, one block, and a three pointer, with less than one minute to give the Bulls the lead that they did not relinquish in a flu game. That right, yeah. just screams clutch and legend. Okay, so uh, Sister Jean was born August 21st, 1919, which oh makes God. her 103. So she was 99 years old, or well, about to be. She was she was 98 at that point. Wow. that, that <laughs> That's nuts. So she's still around. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's cool. She's still kicking. So... So to finish it off, who are you taking? 
Viola Final Four 2018 or Jordan's flu game in 97 finals? Flu game. Flu game. As much as I really want to pick Loyola, just to, <laughs> a, I, I have to pick Jordan. It's the flu game. It's the flu game. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 it's, I said it's the flu game. <laughs> I, I, ha- I, I have to pick the flu game. So the flu game will move on to our Elite Eight. Moving on. The 13 seed against the 4 seed. We're moving up there. Number 13 seed. The White Sox win the World Series over the Cubs <laughs> in 1906. Oh. Oh. Versus the number four seed, the first three-peat for the Chicago Bulls, 1991 <laughs> to 1993. Oh, well. You're, you're... <laughs> how, okay, before we, before we talk about it, how's my list been so far? Because, again, I, I I made this rather quickly. But Not bad. Not I, bad. How's, how's this list been so far, generally? Not bad. Uh, genuinely. Not bad. Uh, Do, some surprising seeds. But, uh, not bad. Dude, uh, sidebar, sidebar real quick. Dude, Elizabeth the other day told me that when I, when I try to say genuinely or generally, yeah. it sounds exactly the same it when I say exactly it. exactly the same. <laughs> and now that she said that, I'm so, like, conscious about it now. And I'm trying to correct myself. And I never, I never even realized it until she told me, like, literally, like, two days ago. And now I'm so self-conscious about it because I just did it. <laughs> and I corrected myself like, damn it. <laughs> like, I'm trying not to mix them up, but I, now I mix up the two words. I'm not trying to, but as I say it in real time, it just sounds the same. But anyway, right. um, the Sox win World Series over the Cubs in 1906 and the first three-peat, 1991 and 1993. Uh, again, I'm going to have to go with the first three-peat. I just think for for this MJ and you know the Bulls the, before that really weren't good and it just they got Michael Jordan and the rest is history uh, so I, I just I feel like for the city and for like the mo- like overall moment that that was more monumental than the 1906 World Series. Yeah, I, I get that. But, like, if you think about it, too, it's the White Sox versus the Cubs I know, in that the is, World that is, Series. That, that is crazy. I didn't know that. Um, see? And, you know, and we're, I'm learning things along the way. Great job, Michael. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but overall, I think the more impactful was the the Bulls three P. And this was first three P. The only time in history that the White Sox have ever faced the Cubs in the World Series. Oh, that would be the, the city would burn. And if it were to happen again, do you realize how? massive it would be here how much oh. of a big deal like the city would burn to the ground the thing is, is is like like if you really think about it like the white Sox and cubs rivalry has really died down over the last decade or so like it, it really has like it, it, it's not as bad as it once was 
especially when, like when I pants with kids, like it was like fist fights all the time. But now it's like, <laughs> oh, what a Cubs fan, cool. White Sox fan, cool. Like whatever, you know. We like our teams. Like there's like nobody really bother. Nobody nobody really can be told whatever to just you know pick a side and like fight each other. You know, everybody has diehard fans, but like nobody really fights each other over it anymore. So like, okay, whatever. If this were to happen again, oh, it's either blue or black. You know, it's one yeah. or the other. If you're not, get out of my face. You know, it's going to be that. If it were to happen now in modern times, it would be nuts to think about. Yeah. And the thing is, like, the Cubs are going to be good. These, like, second half of these 2020s, they're going to be good, at least on paper. You know, so maybe if the Sox can maybe maintain what they have and be playoff contenders like you never know baseball is a game of like the craziest stuff happens and you just never know it could still happen but it's you know very highly unlikely so with that the first repeat for the chicago bulls 1991 to 93 or the white Sox winning the world series over the cubs in 1906 who's who's moving on it's the first three-peat. It's the first... Why is it the first three-peat? It, it's just, you know... It's Michael Jordan. I know I'm going to pull that card every single time. But I you, you are pulling that card a lot. I mean, he's the greatest the greatest player of all time. Uh, he, 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 you, can, you can argue that for any sport. That he's the greatest ever... Greatest athlete to ever play organized sports. Yeah. Uh, it's... You know, it, it it brought it brought the Bulls on the map, and it it shaped what the Bulls and how people view the Bulls today. And I just think overall, it had more of an impact on the city than the that the White Sox winning the World Series in 1906. No, I know, I, I I totally get it. Um, so I'm with you. The first, it's the first repeat. Maybe we're biased. But we that's are. why. But that's why I have the Sox winning the World Series over the Cubs in 1906 as a 13 seed. You know, that's why I had it there. Yeah. So the first three Pete will move on to our Elite Eight. Moving on, 14 seed against the three seed. 14 seed, the 1908 Cubs winning the World Series, <laughs> the last one that they would win for 108 years as a 14 seed. Going up against the number three seed, the White Sox winning the World Series in 2005. <laughs> well, this is this is probably the easiest one. Yeah, kind of is. <laughs> it, it, it's it's the White Sox in 05. It, it I mean, ha- do we even have to explain it? It like Christian talk talk about that championship run in 2005. Just just well, go nuts. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen. Um... I will forever argue that that postseason run is the best postseason run any team has ever had. Ever. You can name me anybody. Whether it's the Yankees, whether it's the Red Sox, whether it's the Cubs, whether it's the the Trash Strows, whether it's the, you know, any of them. Uh, they They lost one game the whole playoff run and they swept everybody else I mean it, it was just dominance from from 
you know, the word go. And nobody's, in my opinion, nobody has come fairly close. I will disagree with you there. This 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 last season's uh, Houston Astros came pretty close. They they were creeping up there. They were like nine and zero at one point, and I'm like, Christian, it might happen. They might go undefeated here, but they ended up not. They I believe they went eleven and two. Yep. And the White Sox went eleven and one. So statistically, the White Sox still have had the most dominant playoff run in baseball history by stats wise. Do I even need to mention the the championship series for the White Sox? The four complete games? You Do I even need to mention? Too. That'll never <laughs> happen. That'll never happen in baseball ever again. Not in modern times, no. Never. no. Four straight games. The White Sox starting pitchers through complete games. Complete games, yep. Four that'll, that'll never happen again. Uh, Isaac Guillen used the bullpen. In game one of the ALCS, it did not use it again until game one of the World Series. Almost 10 days, he didn't use the bullpen. That'll never happen again. Not in modern times with rest management and all this crap. Like, that'll never happen again. Never happen. No, no, nobody, 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 nobody will pitch nine innings anymore. Nobody. No. Now, now, nowadays for pitchers, they're a horse if they pitch 180 innings. It's like right. no, like you're like. I mean, and granted, granted, they throw harder now. Yes. You know, they get hurt more often now because they're throwing harder. Mm-hmm. And you know, if they were to go out there and pitch, you know, eight there, nine innings, a, you know, a game, there, their arms there, would fall off. There is that argument, though, I've heard, is that because people are resting so much more that the bodies are not as, like, you know, when you warm up, your body's warm and it's going and it's, like, less likely for injury when you warm up, right? The more time that people are sitting collectively and resting, per se, the bodies collectively are not in that game time mode, even in mid-season. So the, like, the... There's an argument out there like you guys should play more to prevent more injuries. Because even 20 years ago, you didn't see as many injuries nowadays in sports collectively as you do now. And they played way more than any of these players did. You know, there's that kind of argument floating out there. And some even professional professional players are saying that. Yeah, and I think it also, it also has, you know, it's a very, you know, case to case because everybody's body yeah handles everything differently so there is that but I mean yeah but I just think you know that there's I mean guys are throwing 100 miles an hour you know pretty much consistently now mm-hmm. and it's it, it's hard for you know that uh, whatever that uh, that tendon is or the whatever it is in your elbow for Tommy John surgery for Tommy John surgery, yeah whatever putting, it's called putting more and more stress on that and pretty much now if you draft a guy and he's it, it's kind of funny if you draft a guy and he's already had Tommy John surgery teams are like yes thank you uh, he got he has he, he got it out of the way um, so <laughs> honestly that's it's, kind of... it's pretty much expected from anybody that comes in the league who hasn't had it that throws hard it's like well yeah he's gonna need Tommy John surgery at some point 
Yeah. So I don't know how to exactly feel about that because it's just like, well, uh, teams fully expect, you know, we're, we're fully expecting them to be out for a full year at some point. But, you know, it's just that's it's how, you know, human anatomy, I, I don't think when humans were created or what the heck you believe happened, I don't think they were made to throw 100 miles an hour, you know, eight innings a game. So no, I'm just gonna no. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that. I'll leave I'll leave it there. So. Yeah. So yeah. So who are you taking? 1908 Cubs win the World Series in the 14th seat, or the White Sox win the World Series in 05? Yeah. It, 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 it has to be the White Sox moving yeah. on with that. So um, moving on to now in the top two. We have a 15 seed against the number two seed. The number 15 seed is the White Sox winning the pennant, the American League pennant, in 1959 with the air raid sirens going off as a celebration against the number two seed, the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series in 2016. I hate you so much right now. I know, I know, but we're talking about Chicago sports. That's a two seed. That, of course that's a two seed. Why wouldn't that be a two seed? Because that's biased. I don't like the Cubs. Uh, Deal with it. Oh, and I'm gonna hate myself for, for this answer. Let's talk about it for a second. Like, where where were you when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016? Did you I watch was the game? A freshman at Xavier. Yes, I did. What was going What was going on that night? Uh, me and uh, my friend Alex, who's from Oak Park, uh, we were we were friends. We were in the same dorm, and you know we, we became friends. And we were in the basement of our dorm where they kind of had the laundry they had the laundry room and it was a big room and they had a tv down there and pool table excuse me pool table and everything um and uh we were watching it on the tv and uh yeah that's where i was when that happened what was your reaction when the final out happened i don't want to say it were you cheering because i was White Sox fans, forgive me. Um, oh, stop. Yeah. Yeah. I cheered the hell out of it. And I'm a diehard Sox fan. Don't don't ever, ever test me about my loyalty with the White Sox. You know that, Christian. I know. But, like, when the Cubs won it, it is a significant moment in the city's history and for that franchise's history of going through 108, 108 years. A some people time. lived a... Some people lived a full life and never saw him one like you could have you could have been a hundred years old and still have never saw him one think about that and for them to finally do it for them to finally win it after all that time like i i like i don't i can't recall a time where i've cheered more in my life than for that like i went nuts I couldn't believe it because when they when they won, I immediately thought of my my grandma Peg. You know, my grandma Peg passed away. You know, when I was a kid in elementary school, and she was a diehard Cubs fan. My dad, you know, my dad first grew up as a Cubs fan, but he really transitioned to you know loving both teams. But 
you know, my like I thought of my grandma Peg. She always would Cubs gear. She always had stuff around her place, and she never got to see him win. And I and once the game ended, I immediately called my dad, and I talked to him. Like you know, I immediately thought of like to call you, and you know, we talked about Grandpa Peg, and you know, he watched it of course, and we you know talked about it, and it was a really important moment in our lives, and really just for the city in general. But but then he he was. Here's the funny thing about the number 15 seed is that looking in, in this moment, look, researching this a little bit as I did, there's actually a pretty funny story when it comes to this. Have you heard of this story before, Christian? I have not. So in 1959, the White Sox beat the then Cleveland Indians to clinch the 1959 American League pennant. Because back then there were no divisions. It was either the, it was the American League and the National League. Everybody in that whole bracket. And if you won that league, you know, you won the pennant. You moved on to the World Series. That was it. There was no huh. division series. Interesting. There was no, it was just the pennants and then the World Series to decide a winner. That was it. So the White Sox beat the Cleveland Indians to clinch the American League pennant. Which are now the, the Cleveland Guardians. They are the Cleveland, yeah, but then the Cleveland Indians to claim the American League pennant. They'll go into the World Series. And the, uh, <laughs> the Chicago commissioner... Robert J. Quinn set off the city's air raid sirens as a celebration for the White Sox moving on to the World Series, <laughs> which hadn't happened in what at that point 40 years plus. So it's a big deal. And the story goes is that historically, the non-White Sox fans took to the streets in in horrific panic. Because they were convinced that World War Three was about to begin. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Chicago to, to put their city in, in immediate hysteria. <laughs> but it's like it, it was in good it was in good intentions of what the right. guy did. Like, oh but, yes, the White Sox will go into the World Series. Let's celebrate. Like everybody should know. Let silence going off. All right. Everybody else that doesn't know, oh my God, we're gonna die! <laughs> you know, like, like you, might, the, you might have wanted to let them know you were gonna do that beforehand. But at that point, in obvious terms, there was no phones, there was no internet, there was no really of any kind of that at all in 1959. Good point. So there was no way for anybody to really know, other than listening to it on the radio, or if, if people had TVs at that point. You know, there was a few, there was, you know, the TVs were out at that point, and, right. but it was for, like, you know, the very wealthy and very select people. So, like, if you weren't listening to it on the radio, essentially, at that point, you didn't know what was yeah. going on. And you hear the <laughs> air raid silence, like, oh, my God, we're being invaded, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> and that, that caused for sheer panic, and I would love to research that more, but, like, that's the story behind the the 1959 White Sox winning the pennant and yeah. I, in that like oh I have to include that in it just because of that so that's why I put it as a 15 seed but uh yeah. as that whole thing what are your thoughts who's going on the number two Cubs winning in 2016 or the number 15 White Sox winning the pennant in 1959 with the air raid sirens this is like Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair for the career over match when he took it <laughs> in and we just like, I'm sorry. Oh, this is the White Sox. I'm sorry. I love you. It, it, 
Dude, I really want to pick the White Sox with this pen thing just because of that story alone. I know. Is, it, is, is this is this a huge upset? Can this be a huge upset? Do we want if, to make it? A, do we want to make it a huge upset? <laughs> I kind of want to make it a huge upset because that's just a funny story, dude. That's such a funny story. And obviously, like in Heinz and, and obviously in retrospect, the Cubs winning is more important. And we're kind of going against the system of like what we're doing here. But like, come on. Screw it. Screw it. Okay. Screw, screw it. it. Sorry, Cubs fans. Sorry. Actually, sorry, not sorry. The 15 White Sox winning the pennant is moving on, <laughs> beating the number two Cubs winning the World Series. Are we biased? Maybe, but we Heck don't yeah. care. It's our, yeah. li- uh, it's our list. It's our list. Live with it. Go scratch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's moving on as the 15 seed into the elite. Eight. Moving on to the number one seed, the number one, and, and the number sixteen I'm, this seed. Is this is so the number sixteen seed is the Black Sox scandal Ooh. in nineteen nineteen. That is the number sure. sixteen seed going up against the number one seed is the second three peat. For the Chicago Bulls, uh, 1996 to 1998. I was wondering when the second three-peat was going to be there. That is the second. Ah. Because if you think of that C, of that three-peat, that second three-peat, you, you had, like, predominantly, you Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr. You had, what was it, the 72-10 and 10 Bulls. You right. know, like, that is single-handedly the most dominant run in basketball history. And it was after Michael Jordan retired and came, then came back. Exactly. And then subsequently won three in a row again. Exactly. But then the Black Sox scandal, you know, the story goes is that in 19, the 1919 World Series, the White Sox against the Cincinnati Reds at that point, eight of the White Sox players took bribes from gamblers to purposely throw the World Series and to yeah. lose it. Included in that was Shoeless Joe Jackson. But if you, the thing is, that like, she was Joe, like, Joe Jackson, like, you know, he hit over 300. He was a, he was a gold glove defender in that World Series. Like, the story goes is that, like, he didn't, and he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and looked like he did, but he really didn't. Right. But, but those eight players, including Joe Jackson, were permanently banned for life. And, you know, to this day, those guys have never been in the Hall of Fame, including Joe Jackson, and never even remembered. Well, it's remembered, but, like, they're kind of, like, shunned away in baseball history because of it. And it's kind of sad, but it's a moment in history, which is why I put it in as a 16th seed. And And sidebar to that, do you know the story of why... Joe Jackson was called Shoeless Joe Jackson. Do you know that story? Oh, I've heard it. I've heard it before. Do you want me to tell it or do you want to tell it? You tell it because I'm not going to be able to recall it. So the story of why Joe Jackson was called Shoeless Joe Jackson is because when he was in the minor leagues at that point, he was given a brand new set of spikes. You know, at that point in the early 1910s or late 1900s at that point um, he was in the minor leagues and 
he was given a brand new set of spikes that were super small and uncomfortable. So, like, just absolutely ate at his feet. Like, it, it hurt a lot. Right. And by, like, the fourth inning, he had had enough of it. He couldn't walk. He couldn't do anything in it. And he was fed up and he didn't have anything else. So, in the fourth inning, he takes the field in nothing but his socks. He didn't have any shoes or spikes on. And, right. his, and his teammates, you know, ribbed him and made fun of him for it. But the nickname of Shoeless came because he went out there with no shoes on. And so the nickname of Shoeless Joe stuck. And it's still stuck to this day. I always find that a pretty interesting story. Very interesting story. So at the end of this, who's moving on, Christian? The Black Sox as a 16 seed or the second three-peat as a number one seed? It's got... I- I think it's got to be the second three-peat. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, this, the second three-peat is just a moment in time that will never be forgotten. And the historic dominance with that, it, 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 yeah, it's, going, it, it's moving on. It's moving yeah. on. So, that concludes the Sweet 16. We're moving on to the Elite Eight. We're going to run through this. We've already done all these stories of why everything's so significant. So, we're going to run through this a little bit quicker. Because we all running out a little bit of time, <laughs> we have <laughs> we have uh, you know talked a lot about all this stuff. So let's go through this a little bit. So to recap, moving on to this elite eight, as uh, we have Patrick Kane's overtime goal, 2010. We have Babe Ruth's called shot in 1932. The 1985 Bears, the Michael Michael Jordan's flu game, the first three Pete for the Bulls. The White Sox winning the World Series in 05. The White Sox air raid <laughs> 1959 pennant and the second three-peat. That is our Elite Eight. So I'm going to go from reverse order. So we're going to do the second three-peat against Patrick Kane's overtime goal. Oh my god. Who's oh mo- my god. Who's moving on? Oh, wow. Terrible for me. Uh. <laughs> I know, but second repeat or Patrick Kane's overtime goal, Christian. Who's 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 moving on to the final four? Patrick Kane, I love you, and I'm sorry. Wait. Wait, 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 just one moment. I gotta think about this. Uh <laughs> Tugging at the heart. I know, I know it is, but that's what makes good matchups, my man. Eh, that's why they call it March, baby. Uh huh. Oh, I'm really gonna hate myself. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be the second repeat. Wow! Uh, wow! Me, Christian oh. takes the three peat over his beloved Patrick Cade. I agree. Yeah. Second three peat moves on, but wow! I just I was waiting to hear it. I was right here, and it's on record. Can't take it back. The second three P is moving on as oh. a one seed to the final four. Oh god! Next matchup. Next matchup in this elite eight, we have Babe Ruth's called shot as a seventh seed going up against the White Sox winning the pennant in 1959 with the air raid sirens. Who's moving on? Uh, I think the Cinderella run, I think it ends here. You think it ends here? Yeah, I'm going to... Uh... 
Or, or, or we pull a Loyola Chicago and we just put them in the final four. I'm going to be honest. That, that's what I was kind of thinking. <laughs> you know what? Screw it. Cinderella story lives you know, on. Yeah, you know what? It moves on. It moves on. It moves on. Air Raid Simon, Raid Simons move on to the Elite Eight. It's such it's just such a funny story. <laughs> it's just like come on. That's so funny. Yeah, that is that's funny. And, and like it has to. It has to. I'm sorry, baby, but like that's such a good story. It's it's the it, there's always one Cinderella story, and we're moving on. So the White Sox 59 pennant with the Air Raid Sirens move on to the final four as a 15 seed. Next matchup. The 1985 Bears. Oh, Christian, you're going to hate me so much. The 1985 Bears or the White Sox winning in 05. Who's moving on? You really do hate me. I do um, hate you. But the, hey, this is I this I'm just going in reverse order here. This is this is the matchup. The White oh, Sox winning in 05 or the 1985 Bears? Oh god. Uh well, actually, you know, honestly, this isn't that hard of a decision. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the 05 White Sox. Your dad is going to kill you. <laughs> Your dad's gonna obliterate you, Christian. <laughs> you do know that, right? Uh, it's fine. I can run faster than him. <laughs> <laughs> Does your dad listen to a podcast still? Does he listen to it consistently? He, he's, he's in the other room. Um, <laughs> oh, but, man, uh, he's gonna he's gonna love you in this. Uh, so you're picking love here in this. You're I'm picking, picking the 05 White Sox. The 05 White Sox over the 85 Bears. Yeah. Here's the thing though, I can't decide. I'm torn. Really? I'm torn. But here's the thing though, I didn't watch the 05 team. I wasn't in the baseball. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really knew oh, yeah, it existed right. at that point. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch either of these, so I know the historical importance to both of these. Oh, and uh, uh, just for the one millionth time, you're welcome. Um, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. You don't need to repeat it. Um, <laughs> all right, here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna do a toss up. I'm picking the 85 Bears just to make it even. Random number generator is coming back. Making its second appearance on the podcast. Make it its second appearance. Let's reset the app so there's no bias right there. Conspiracy theory. I, 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 Christian, <laughs> just shut up. Um, <laughs> we have it set from 0 to 10. Christian, who is evens, who is odds? I'm gonna say odds are the White Sox, evens are the Bears. Evens are the Bears, odds are the White Sox. It is set from zero to ten. Randomizing, it is nine. Yes. The White Sox are moving on to the final four of here. The White Sox, 05 win, moving on to the Elite Eight as a final number. Four. That's right. Oh yeah, final four. As a three seed. Final matchup. We have the flu game versus the first three peat for the bear of bear for oh the bulls. Oh my god. Uh holy crap. That is the final matchup of this Elite Eight. 
I mean, you can't really go wrong with either of them. No, yeah, uh, you can't go wrong, but, like, which one are you picking? You know, I'm going to pick the flu game. Really? Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, I was going to pick the three-peat. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to pick the three-peat. Uh, the number generator is getting action the, today. The, the the random number generator is coming back for a three-peat of its own. Uh, <laughs> Christian, who's evens, who's odds? Evens is the flu game, odds is the three-peat. Even is the flu game, odds is the three-peat. Set from zero to ten. Randomize. It is nine again. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, that, uh, no, he, Michael didn't actually do anything. No, I did. I swear, did, did I swear to God. I swear. I swear on I'm not my there, life. I'm not there to witness it. So uh, I swear. <laughs> I swear on my life that I reset the app. I set it to zero to ten, and I pressed randomize. I swear to God. Well, I'm, I'm not mad at it. You could. I mean, they're both great moments. So remind me, who did you say was the odds? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> the three peat. The so, the first three peat is moving on to the final four. So we have a final four, dude. This is such a biased list. <laughs> now that I look at it, <clears throat> we have the second three peat. We have the White Sox 1959 air raid sirens. The White Sox winning in 05, and the first three peat. That's our final four. We have a well. I'm not in, not even gonna get there yet. Do we, have right. a, do we have a what? Well, no. What are we gonna say? No, it, it'll come up if it happens. <laughs> well, just roll. Go with the flow, Michael. All right. I I'm doing. I'm doing the same premise as I just did for this last uh, Elite Eight. So we're gonna we're gonna make it so it's gonna be one or the other. The first matchup, the second three-peat versus the first three-peat. Oh, oh, so I thought it was going to be the final. So Nope. Oh, this is happening now. That's this is happening now. Like, we could have a final of the two we three-peats. Have, nope, nope, it's happening <laughs> now. Final four. This, uh, is in the, this is happening now. Wow. The second three-peat versus the first three-peat. What, what are you thinking here, Christian? <sighs> it is a tough choice, I know. But that's I'm why thinking, we're that's why we're the final four. Shoot, I'm 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 thinking the second. I'm leaning the second three peat. Okay, why is that? Just because it had the seventy-two and ten bulls. It had, you know, Michael had came out of retirement and then you know, one. You know, it was, you know, it, the bulls and. That's that's why I'm I'm leaning towards the second three-peat. You know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. Second three-peat, I was going to be my choice as well for those exact reasons. So I think moving on to the championship game is the second three-peat of the Chicago Bulls. As a one seed. Still as a one seed. Yeah. Moving on to the finals and the second matchup the White Sox winning in 05 or the White Sox 1959 air raid siren does the Cinderella story make it to the finals no 
No. I'm going with the 05 White Sox. Oh, man. I was hoping. I was hoping. <laughs> but you know what? I I was I was going to say the same thing. I think the Cinderella story does end here. It's just like as of like it's a it's a funny story. It's right. a good story. It's it's important to know in history, but the 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 importance of history winning, it has to be the White Sox on 05. Yeah. That's, that's and again, totally not a biased list of any kind. I know. We're both White Sox, you know, that didn't know where it was going to go that way. Uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> the finals match up. It is as as a number three seed, the White Sox winning in 05, or the second three-peat as a number Holy one seed. Crap. Who is winning it all, Christian? Onions. Um, what? Wait, wait. Don't worry about it. If, if if you follow college basketball, you'll you'll understand that. Okay, I don't. Uh, so I don't know. That. Uh, but man, that is a uh, that's a tough choice. Again, that's a very just, tough just, choice just, just, because... just to just, just to just claim to everybody, this is just our personal list. Don't come at us. We know right. this is not accurate of actual points in a finals matchup, but just. Just go with it. Anyway, Christian, <laughs> who's winning this finals matchup? I could sit here and think about this for like an hour. I know, but I, I need an answer from you, my man. We've gone through the history of these two events. Who Who's moving on? Hard. I, I, I know. I need an answer from you. I need I need an answer from you right now. I know, I, I know. All right, I know. Here's, what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to count it down from five. When I have to, I say one, I need an answer. And it's just okay. the first thing that pops in your head, all right? Don't even think about it. Five, four, three, two, one, answer. Second three P. Oh, damn. Really? <sighs> yeah. He's oh, my God. picking the second three Pete as the winner. Wow. Do we do we leave it up to chance? Do we leave it up to chance? I think we Does random number does the random number generator come in to decide everything? Well we, we need to make a call to New York. We need to make a you know what? Elizabeth is here. Ooh. Should I give her say make it unbiased and give her the fault to do the random number generator? Sure, why not? Hey, Elizabeth. <laughs> hey, Elizabeth. Would you like to be a part of deciding this finals game for us in our bracket? All I need you to do is use this random number generator and click randomize. We have the second three Pete against the White Sox winning in 05 as our finals matchup. Christian, is it odds or evens for... Which ones are odds or evens? Bulls are odds, White Sox are even. Bulls are odds, Sox are evens. Elizabeth, if you would kindly, press randomize. I'm not looking. What does it say? It says one. Wait, it's, it what says, did I say? You said odds for the 3 P's, I believe. 
<laughs> do, do you forget well, we what? I, I, <laughs> oh my oh. god. Uh, well, that's that's anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. Well. What did I say? Well, well. No, you know. no, 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 no. Wait. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's that's what it was. <laughs> I am so confused. I I'm just torn. I'm so torn that I, I can't remember what I said. Well, we'll leave it at this. If we, I'll leave it at this, and if we mess up, whatever. The second three-peat is winning. That is our winner of this Sweet 16 March Madness-style tournament of Chicago Sports Moments. Christian, any final thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, that was fun. Uh, it, was, it was interesting hearing all the different moments that you put together and how the seeds and the matchups... And, uh, you know, I learned some things, uh, had to make some very tough gut-wrenching decisions. <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think the right moment won. I mean, there, there isn't a wrong moment on this list because they're all, they're all great in their own way. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was definitely fun. It was. I, I concur with everything you just said. It was fun. We talked for a long time. And yeah. we're going to leave it there. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Two Bums and a Mike Sports Podcast. Again, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Anchor app, and everywhere that you get your podcast. You can follow us on the socials, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. All at Two Bums and a Mike. I have been Michael. I've been Christian. Thank you all so much for listening. And as always, we will see you next time.